as high as 30% of the general population has some level of perfectionism. That percentage is as high as 80% among the gifted population. So whether you're a perfectionist or someone who interacts with a perfectionist, you want to listen to this episode to the end. Because not only I will give you insights for your personal and professional development, but also I will teach you many techniques that you can use to improve yourself. So go ahead, grab your cup of tea and join me in this episode of Empowering Conversations. Hello and welcome to the Empowering Conversations podcast, a place to get inspired, challenged, and empowered by stories of immigrants who build their success from zero. I'm your host, Mehran. Mo is always late to submit his work. Nothing is good enough for him. If something goes wrong and he makes a mistake, he will try his best to hide it. He's worried about failure. Mo doesn't want to fail his boss, his company, so he works overtime. Despite his work ethics, his growth has been really slow, though. He doesn't feel comfortable sharing his ideas because he's been labeled as an overly critical individual, the negative person, the glass-half-empty type of person. His work-life balance is completely off because of the amount of work he takes on. Rarely he has time for his family, his friends, and even his kids. He's considered a workaholic. He feels lonely at times. And sometimes, he feels depressed. For him, the pressure is on all the time. For him, his kids have to attend the best colleges or he fails as a parent. So he looks for the best classes for them and pressures them to perform in every class they take, even if they consider it a hobby. He constantly criticizes them to improve and rarely passes a praise. A-plus is the only grade he accepts, especially because he's an immigrant and he had to work extra hard to be where he is. Mo is constantly stressed. He doesn't enjoy his children. He doesn't enjoy his family. He doesn't enjoy his work. Nothing is ever good enough for him. Mo is a perfectionist, rather an extreme type of perfectionist. According to research by Canadian clinical psychologists Dr. Paul Hewitt and Dr. Gordon Flatt, there are three types of perfectionism, self-oriented, other-oriented, and socially prescribed. Mo has all of them combined. That's rare, I know, but most of you have some degree of perfectionism. Indeed, that's why you tuned in and you're going to be listening through this episode. Now let's explore the three types. The self-oriented perfectionist has high unrealistic expectation for him or herself. They criticize themselves if they fail to meet their own expectations, which is almost always 
On the other hand, the other-oriented perfectionist pushes others to be perfect, whether that's their employer, employee, spouse, friend, kids. They hold others to high expectations. Finally, socially prescribed perfectionists believe that the society has high expectation for them. Constantly, they're under pressure of their environment and their community to be perfect, live a perfect life, have a perfect job, perfect body, perfect skin, perfect picture. Does that ring a bell? Especially in a social media setting. Unfortunately, what drives perfectionists are their constant need for approval from others. Most have the belief that I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. In their eyes, the innocent mistakes become a personal flaw, making them overreact to criticism. While you point out what they can improve, they hear "I'm not good enough." They internalize the message and go into a defense mode easily. They overreact. If not developed, most perfectionists abandon ideas before conception because they want to create a perfect outcome. In their mind, the excruciating pain and distress does not worth the effort. If you're a perfectionist, I'm sure you have a long list of projects and ideas that you have left incomplete due to the level of stress they created for you. Plus. In the fear of making a mistake, a perfectionist procrastinate. This adds to their work list and further adds to their stress. To make matters worse, no one meets their high, unattainable standard, which at the end prevents them from trusting others and delegating their tasks. No wonder why perfectionists can become the weak link of any team. Usually holding up the work before passing it to others. If not addressed, perfectionism can negatively impact one's growth, both career and financial. That's beside the increased stress, anxiety, depression, addiction, eating disorder, compromised relationship, and sadly enough, higher rate of suicide. I'm sure. My perfectionist listeners, or those who interact with one, are rightfully concerned. The good news is, despite some of these shortcomings, perfectionists are great at creating long-term plans, having the discipline to perform and achieve high-quality results. Their attention to detail results in creating products that are impeccable, needing fewer fixes compared to their non-perfectionist colleagues. Their analytical skill and ability to find flaws in any situation is highly desirable in certain jobs. In fact, many successful people like Steve Jobs, Leonardo da Vinci, Serena Williams, Martha Stewart, James Cameron admitted being perfectionists. They're jobs that require you to be as meticulous, analytical, and detailed as a perfectionist. For example, an accountant, a court reporter, or a lab technician. So, if you're a perfectionist, choose the job wisely. And if you're in the middle of your career, invest in developing yourself.
Later in the show, I will offer solutions to do so. Before we move to the roots and the solutions, I have to make an important distinction. Perfectionists differ greatly from those looking to improve on regular basis, those who value learning and strive for excellence, those that seek criticism and fly with it, trying to improve their previous version. Whether that's their product, their behavior, their body, they look to improve every day. They enjoy the process. The main difference here is the perfectionist ties the outcome and the result with their self-worth. I bet you're not taking your perfectionism so lightly now, and I highly doubt you mention it in your next interview. If you are someone who's committed to self-development and would like to learn whether you're a perfectionist or not, I've provided a link on the show notes so that you can assess yourself. Because as explained before, there can be a fine line between someone who's committed to excellence and a perfectionist. Now let's get into the root cause of it. As a perfectionist, I often wondered whether it's a woman thing or whether my society, my culture, or my perfectionist dad trained me. This was to help me break the cycle and raise a child that doesn't put so much pressure on himself. And of course, to be able to enjoy my life more. Now let me share what I found. Unfortunately, women are more likely to be perfectionists. This is not new to us women, right? We apply to a position when we are 100% qualified compared to 60% for men. We are more critical of ourselves and have less tolerance for mistake. Does this impact our work, our growth? Absolutely it does. Who wants to be managed by someone that cannot delegate, that doesn't trust and can't tolerate mistakes? To it, add the cultural expectation that others have for you. And if you're a working parent, add the expectations that the community, your parent, your spouse, and unfortunately, other women have for you. My next question was, does culture play any role in this? As it turns out, research shows Asian Americans are generally more perfectionist compared to Caucasians. They have a higher level of concern over mistakes higher level of doubts about actions and the decisions they make. As parents, they're more critical of their children's actions. Combine that with the higher expectation they have for their kids' academic achievements. Should we even talk about the authoritarian parenting style and how that exasperates the situation? The research shows while strict parenting and culture plays an important role in raising a perfectionist child, our society as whole advocates for perfectionism. Compared to a decade ago, we're putting a higher focus on a picture-perfect life, individualistic achievements, and social status. We need to be a certain way in order to be accepted. Look at the people you're following on social media. The more pressure you put on yourself trying to achieve those ideals, the higher the rate of depression, anxiety, and God forbids, suicide. I know, I know, 
I overwhelmed you. If you're a perfectionist, you're panicking. And if you interact with one, you wish I made this episode earlier. But I have another good news. There is hope. Here are some suggestions based on the research, the book I read, and my personal experience as a recovering perfectionist, and of course, as someone who coaches other perfectionists. First, what should someone who interacts with perfectionists do? One, understand them and be more patient with them. Constantly remind yourself that being perfect stems from their inner desire for approval. They are stressed and anxious more than you can ever imagine. Believe me, I speak from personal experience. Two, if you need to give a feedback, for example, in a job setting or at home, make sure you do it delicately because perfectionists internalize the mistake and will react. But this doesn't mean you should avoid such situations because your feedback is what they need to develop themselves. Harvard Business Review suggests giving negative feedbacks first without sandwiching it between positives because negative is what the perfectionist will hear. Now here's a trick. You can open the conversation with, I'm not sure how to talk to you about how you can improve your performance. And you can go on. Or, what guidance would you give me about how to give you feedback? Try these, but ultimately find something that works for you. But don't hold back. Three, help them understand the big picture, what the priority is. Often, perfectionists get so tangled up in detail that they forget about the bigger picture, the overall goal, the cost of waiting, the price of the perfect outcome. Remind them kindly, gently, but firmly. Four, give them a task according to their potential. As a leader, you should learn your people. If you have a perfectionist in your team, or at home, give them a job that requires a great level of detail instead of tasks that require coordination with others because you know that's not their strength. Now let me summarize. One, understand their suffering too. Two, give feedbacks carefully. Three, help them focus on the big picture. Four, delegate tasks according to their strength. Now, the minute all of you have been waiting for. What can the perfectionist do? How can they achieve more while they're enjoying their life? Here are five tips. One, break up your big goals into smaller steps. Next time when you're facing a big challenge, for example, finding a perfect job, starting your business, having that perfect body, make a conscious choice to think about it one day at a time or one activity at a time. Think about it. If I had to think about making this podcast for the rest of my life, doing the work that I do every week, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would give up tomorrow. 
Instead, I only think about the next Sunday, the next episode. That's how I can do it. And I learned this from Brene Brown in her book, The Gift of Imperfection. Two, once you make a big goal into small milestones, make sure you celebrate the small successes you have. Celebration doesn't come naturally to us perfectionists, simply because nothing is ever good enough for us. To ensure you don't go haywire, define early on what is a good enough outcome for every step of the way. And once you achieve it, celebrate it. If you can't, make yourself accountable to someone else, perhaps a group of friends. And by the way, initiating something is a huge success for us perfectionists. So don't take it lightly. Make sure you celebrate that. Three. Admit that you cannot do everything. You need to delegate, and when you do, communicate the desired outcome to others, whether that's your team or your family. And don't forget to allow others the time and space they need to develop their skill, while letting go of the expectations you have for them. Because if you don't, you will be overloaded, you will be stressed, and you will burn out. And eventually, you will fail either at work or in your relationship at home. Four, in your efforts to delegate, learn to do the best eighty percent you can do, and leave the twenty percent for others to complete. This technique is especially important in group setting. It is important to know that this does not mean doing a less detailed job, as we all know there is no end to improvement. Especially for the detailed eye of a perfectionist, the purpose here is to allow others to give their input while freeing up their ego. Five, be compassionate with yourself and be compassionate with others. A mistake is not a personal flaw. Not for you, not for anyone around you. Learn to look at the mistake as a necessary learning step. Keep in mind that everyone does their best based on the information they have at a time. We can add to that information. We can do more research. But unless we courageously embrace the experience and learn from that failure, we will stay where we are, doing exactly what we're doing, living the exact life we're living now. For the rest of our life, I doubt that's what you want. Now, a quick summary for the perfectionist: one, break up the big goals into small milestones; two, celebrate small achievements; three, learn to trust others and delegate; four, follow the perfectionist eighty percent rule; and five, which is. In my opinion, the most important one is to be compassionate with yourself and others. To end, I'd like to give you one of my favorite quotes. Reshma Sanjani, the founder of Woman Who Code, wrote in her book *Brave, Not Perfect* that how we present ourselves does matter, but it isn't everything. And clinging to the veneer of perfection instead of presenting a brave face 
won't help us get through the difficult situation. So go on, my people. Put the brave mask on. Take a step. And while you do that, let me know. Nothing feels better than seeing you succeed because of the insights that we provide to you. Write me a review on iTunes. Subscribe to my channels on YouTube and Instagram. Listen to this episode again and again if you need a reminder. Send it to your perfectionist friends or those who deal with perfectionists regularly. Seek help. I'm here for you. Don't wait for the perfect time. There is no perfect time. And until next week, stay home, stay safe, and stay tuned for another episode of Empowering Conversations.